Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to C3 Karaman's podcast. We want you to know that you are loved by God who is love. So good to have you with us. We hope you enjoy this week's message from our preaching series, Calm Faith. Hey, good to have you guys here with us again. I'm preaching to uh, uh, just a black end of the auditorium. I'm hopefully I'm even looking at the camera somewhere there, but I'm believing that's through the camera. All you guys are tuning in and ready to hear from the Word of God today. Once again, if you're just joining us now, my name is Dan Gorey. My wife Hannah and I get the honour of pastoring our incredible church along with the best team. And what we've done for just two Sundays, last Sunday and this Sunday, we decided to go online. To be completely honest, I somehow, I, I still don't know how, but I got COVID uh, Almost two weeks ago on the Monday, Sunday I was fine at church, Monday I was completely fine, Tuesday I could not get out of bed. I was hammered by it and for uh, three days bedridden, couldn't eat, could barely even drink water and it was, uh, I, luckily we're blessed to have a downstairs area so I isolated myself even away from the kids and Han, I had food and coffee dropped at the window, it was awful but uh, it, it was a reason enough for me to take it more seriously than I had taken it. And so we just want to do two weeks online. Right now, our CHO, John Gerard, is saying that Gold Coast should peak in case numbers over the next few days. And so while the Gold Coast has just had so many cases and such a higher chance of it spreading, we just want to do two Sundays of online. And next week, we'll be back in person and believing that we have peaked and now we're starting to taper off there. Uh, We want to fight to continue to create a safe space here for you to come and worship. We've already got a whole section of our auditorium. It's only every second row you're enabled to sit at to allow more physical space for people who feel more vulnerable uh, right now. So come along next Sunday and worship and we'd love for you to invite your friends. This is a safe space to hear the gospel and to be pointed to Jesus. Amen. Uh, Last Six months or so, we've been tuning in on Zoom as well. We've been broadcasting our services over Zoom. And what we discovered, it's a a beautiful way. Every platform has pros and cons. Zoom is a great way to see people and to engage and to see their face while they're watching the service. But there is no way we discovered to get a good enough quality of sound or visual through Zoom. And so now we're just shifting over to our YouTube channel, where hopefully you are watching either live or this week uh, later, it will stay on our channel. And so if you're tuning in later this week or month, God bless you. We love you. So good to have you. Thank you for watching so far. Uh, And right now we're almost finished the preaching series for January. Every January we go through a psalm. And something I want to do is go through Psalm chapter 37 with the topic of calm faith. Calm faith. Faith. I see the lights, guys, playing with the lights. Hopefully that's not affecting your TV or phone too much. But calm faith. Something was stirring around in my heart last year. I don't know if you will uh, uh, join with me in understanding that there has been a bunch of animosity. There has been a bunch of division, especially in our Gold Coast community. We have a border running through our community where Tweed is counted as a Gold Coast and Corumban and Palm Beach and Chugan, where all the Gold, Southern Gold Coast end. And there has literally been this division, uh, physical division of the border where people weren't able to cross, uh, political divisions over what party is doing the right thing right now. Medical divisions over people's idea of the best avenue to go down to protect themselves against the virus. Uh, All these different divisions happening and something that just started to stir was this division started impacting the body of Christ abroad, but I also felt it started impacting our body of Christ, C3 Corumba. And what I want us to do is understand that even when there's chaos happening outside, 
that God calls us to be people of calm faith in the body of Christ. Satan's goal is to divide and conquer. Jesus Himself said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so I want us to see first and foremost that this is a place where we can have different opinions and understandings of what is happening in our world right now and different opinions and understandings of the best path forward to take on a bunch of different topics. But first and foremost, we are a people united by the blood of Jesus Christ. What He did for us on the cross screams and demonstrates that even in our best wisdom and even in our best understanding and even in our best opinions in and of ourselves, we still lead to the path of destruction. It is only through Jesus Christ that unity exists. It is only through Jesus Christ that the wall of hostility, Ephesians 2 says, was broken down and He brings unity. He brings one body. He brings one accord. And so what I want us to preach on and look at in calm faith is that first and foremost, our opinions take the back seat. Our understanding takes the back seat towards a complete focus on Jesus Christ and a complete, complete complete endeavour to be on mission for His glory and His gospel and His name. May we be committed to no other mission, not our own mission, to get our own agenda out there. No other mission than the name of Jesus Christ out there, the finished work of the cross out there. So please, brothers and sisters, don't let something bring disunity. Don't let something tear us apart that has no power unless we give it power. The name of Jesus Christ unites us. Now, calm faith we looked at in week one of Psalm 37. I want us to look at eyes fixed on Jesus. There's five weeks in this preaching series. Week one was eyes fixed on Him. How do we have calm faith? Number one, we keep our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12, chapter 2 will tell us. Week 2, I want us to look at hands fixed to Him. And we looked at how it says trust in Him. Literally means cling to Him. Hands fixed to Jesus. How do we stay in a place of calm faith? We hold on to Him. Amen. That's what Paul will speak about in Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14. Letting go of what is behind, I, I press on to obtain him, the upward call of Jesus Christ. And so we looked at hands fixed to Him. Last week, our youth pastor Denzel preached a phenomenal, absolutely incredible message on heart fixed to Him. And he just crushed it. The most beautiful, incredible message is up there right now running media and doing a great job. And last week, it was such a beautiful thing for heart fixed to Him. So eyes fixed to Jesus, hands fixed to Jesus, heart fixed to Jesus. But today, I want to slightly spin it because... Here's the thing, I don't want us to be a bunch of people who are like, Lord, just drop me on a deserted island with just me and you, and I'm happy. Just me and you, Jesus, I'm happy forever. If you know me, you know absolutely that is the first priority here. I believe above everything else, you should be so caught up in a relationship with Jesus Christ that He is your number one goal in life. Like Paul says, I count everything else as rubbish compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord and Saviour. Like David said, as the deer longs for water, so my soul longs for you, O Lord. So I do believe, number one, we should be so focused on us and Jesus. But here's the other thing I'm convinced, that you cannot be in a relationship with someone without caring for what they care for. So I think it's impossible to be so in love with Jesus, so caught up with Jesus without caring for what He cares for, without having your heart break for what His heart breaks for. 
So not only do I want us in calm faith to be eyes fixed, hands fixed, heart fixed to Him, but I want us today to look at hands fixed to His mission. I want us to look at hands fixed to His mission. What has He called us to do? See, a significant part of having calm faith, please hear me clearly, is not just you feeling calm in the midst of chaos. It's not just you feeling calm in the midst of a storm. We looked at in Mark chapter 4, this, this storm that rose and Jesus fell asleep on the boat. When he's asleep on the boat, he actually, the disciples start freaking out and they wake him up and they're like, don't you even care for us? Jesus wakes up, he rebukes the storm, he, he brings calm. He calms the storm, but then he rebukes their faith. He rebukes them for lacking faith. He said, why did, why'd you have such little faith? Why didn't you do this? And what I want us to catch again and again is that calm faith is not just clearly seeing Jesus, but calm faith is bringing God's presence into the midst of chaos. God's presence into the midst of the mission field. God's presence in the midst of the storm in people's worlds. I want us to see that calm faith is living on mission to help our community experience the peace that only God can bring. Amen. I want us to see that we are so caught up in the mission of God that we are not living for ourselves. Please, Christian, catch this. You have died to yourself. Come faith in a, a living, loving relationship with Jesus Christ is not about you having these lovey-dovey feelings Sunday after Sunday. It's being so caught up in this world is broken. Our friends and our family and our neighbours are experiencing pain and fear right now. They are not sure what tomorrow brings. And you and I have the answer. We have Jesus. And so I want us to be so caught up in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. The life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. Calm faith. What does it look like? It looks like hands fixed to His mission tomorrow. It's not a win just for me to experience calm nature and peace tomorrow. Tomorrow the win is I'm going to bring a calming presence into my workspace, into my family, into my friends, into people afraid right now about what 2022 might bring. I'm bringing the presence of God because the mission of God is go. Christian, go. Go and preach the good news. Go and make disciples. Go and bring my peace to the world. We've looked at this before, and I'll say it again because I love it. In the book of John, five times it speaks about peace. Five times, hear me, in the Gospel of John. Two times were just before Jesus died in the Last Supper. Three times were immediately after He rose again. The very victory of the cross was to bring peace. Peace, peace, peace I bring to you, peace I leave with you. We're meant to take peace to our world. So how do we do it? Calm faith. If you've got your Bible, head on over to Psalm chapter 37. Calm faith, calm faith. Hands fixed to his mission. I'm going to read it off here. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today. If you've got an app or anything like that, I do encourage you guys actually have a Bible. I'll even just, I'm going to waste the next 30 seconds. Find a Bible, get the dust of it, open it up. Psalm chapter 37. Psalm Chapter 37, picking up in verse 25 today. Once I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. The godly always give generous loans to others. Their children are a blessing. Turn from evil and do good and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice and He will never 
abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the wicked will die. The godly will possess the land and will live there forever. The godly offer good counsel and teach right from wrong. They have made God's law their own, so they will never slip from his path. The wicked wait in ambush for the godly, the wicked wait in ambush for the godly, looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial. Put your hope in the Lord. Amen. Travel steadily along his path and he will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help us to see your word clearly today. Speak through me, Holy Spirit. Bring peace, bring revelation, bring confidence. We thank you so much that you are in control and you are at work. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Before I keep going, I'm not sure if they're tuning in right now, but it is some birthdays today. I forgot to say, Noah Harrison is 16 years old today. I cannot believe it. 16 for crying out loud. I remember when he was born, but happy birthday, Noah, if you're tuning in at all. And I believe it's Declan as well. Is that right? Denzel Declan, Chapman's birthday. Happy birthday. Enjoy, lads. Have a great day. Anyone else I missed? Uh, I know it's Corey Harrison's birthday yesterday. We've got a couple of birthdays this week. Why don't you add it in the comment? Give them a happy birthday. And later this week, Pastor Graham will send them a birthday present. All right, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, calm faith, calm faith. I, I believe in this chapter, what we see several times is if you will do this, God will do this. If you will do this, God will do this. And if you know me, you know how hard I, I've preached against since I've started preaching. I have always preached against works-based salvation. I resent religion. When people try to work to earn God's love, people think that they are better because of how they live and what they don't do and what they partake in and how much they give. People think they can look down on other people because they act like Christians. I resent it. I, I resent the thought that someone thinks that they can be good enough to earn God's love, forgiveness, justification, righteousness. I resent it. So we preach hard here. Grace. God loves you because God is love. God loves you not because you're lovable, but because He is so loving. And when He loves you and you accept His love, He does a beautiful work. He saves you. He washes you clean. He makes you brand new. He adopts you into His family. God is so against your effort to be loved, your effort to be saved, your effort to be accepted into His family. But hear me clearly, He is not against your effort to work out your salvation. God is not against your effort to now be a child of God and take His love to our world. God is against your effort to earn yourself to Him. But He is not against your effort. Now go, there's a lot of work to be done. Once again, this is antinomianism it can creep into the church. It's kind of like there is no law and people think, well, grace is just so flippin' big. I get to do what I want. There's no to-do list for me now. I don't have to live a certain way. I don't have to do anything. It's all grace. God's grace is so big that I just, I get to live how I want. I get to spend my money how I want. I get to spend Monday through Sunday how I want. Thank you for grace. And while once again, I will preach hard against anyone earning their salvation, hear me clearly, Christian, 
There is an expectation. There is a role for you to play now in God's mission. And He is calling us to get to work. He's not rewarding you with salvation if you do this. If you do this, then I'll save you. That's not it. But what He's saying is to God's people, act this way. If you will live by faith, if you will live this godly lifestyle, I'm going to keep coming through again and again and again in beautiful ways. We're going to explore in a moment. But I think that I encounter so many Christians so often who don't feel like they have to act like Christians, but they, ha- they feel like God has to act like God. They don't feel like they have to do these things. I don't have to give. I don't have to serve. I don't have to love. I don't have to invite. I don't have to study my Word. I don't have to grow in holiness. I don't have to take the presence of God into the world. But you better come through for me, God. You better bring that blessing. You better bring that protection. You better bring that safety. I better not get sick. I better have all my bills paid. I better have a future spouse. I better have my kids protected forever. I better get that dream home I've wanted. You better. But I don't have to. And what I think we see here in this beautiful thing is the message of the gospel for the children of God. When we live the way God has called us to live on mission with Him, then He comes through in beautiful ways. He's there to do incredible things that we'll look at. But first, let's look at the, what we have to do. In this passage, a couple of things jumped out to me. If you will do this, well, God will come through. The first thing it says is generosity. Let's be known as people who are generous. Amen. Let's be known for being generous. It says that in verse 27, the godly always give generous loans to other. Now, I think this is talking about finances, but let's expand it to be so much more than that. Let's be a people known for, as being givers. Let's just, I am convinced the poison in our world right now, the poison in political ideologies, the poison in businesses, the poison in in the hearts of humanity right now is this. It is selfishness. I'm so convinced selfishness is the root poison of what we see in our world right now. It's corruption. It leads the both far left and far right into be this poisonous, detrimental thing. It, it leads different thought patterns. It leads different parties. It leads even friendship circles are broken up. It leads marriages to be divided. It leads, leads kids and friends to never talk to each other again. If selfishness is allowed to grow, if selfishness is not checked, if selfishness is not squashed, it is a poison that destroys everything. And I think the cure to selfishness is generosity. Now, yes, finances, but I think so much more. Imagine if, imagine if the church was just known so much more just for being a blessing. And we're not out there telling non-Christians how to live. We're not out there screaming at them when they don't act according to the Bible. We're just known as being a blessing. I, I am so pumped that as soon as we could pull it off with all the things happening with COVID, some point in the next couple of months, we are throwing a party at our church. It is happening. And that party is to celebrate something significant in the life of our church. We will be completely debt-free. That is predominantly for our building behind us. It's called our Genuine Love Building. At this building, we have a food bank helping people who can't afford food. We have an op shop helping people uh, who can't afford different clothes. We've filled up household utensils. We've filled up clothes and bedding things for people who are homeless and can't afford those things. We have counselling running out of there. Michelle Fossil at the moment doing an incredible job. At this Genuine Love Building, we were going to be debt-free. Why? Because Christians saw the blessing and the benefit in being generous. 
killing selfishness. Absolutely killing the selfishness that tries to grip our heart. Let's be known as a people who would rather give. Hannah and I have always endeavoured to be one of the biggest givers in our church since we've been married nearly 10 years. We've always tried to be one of the top givers in our church. Now, I've got to be honest with you, it, it, it comes at a price. We're, you know, looked after, but one income family, and it comes at a price this last Christmas. I'm not saying this for pity, I'm just saying an example, but this last Christmas, just gone, last month, we literally on Christmas morning didn't have any presents for each other because December is Dawn's birthday, my birthday, Hannah's dad's birthday. There's all these end of year things. We've got people coming over for meals and then we're buying Christmas presents for the kids, Christmas presents for her family and cousins. And it's so expensive. We just said, hey, let's wait until March till we can get some more finances together to be able to buy each other Christmas presents more like in March. Now that meant Christmas day, we woke up with no presents. But hear me now, we could have easily purchased each other Christmas presents if we had stopped giving so much to our, our tithe and offering, we give 10%. Our missions account, we give the, um, the, the opportunity road, the genuine love, sorry, not opportunity, the genuine love account to pay off the debt. We're doing that. We're sponsoring children through compassion. If we stopped being so generous, we could have bought ourselves something. We could have woken up Christmas and had a present. But I've got to be honest, the joy, the joy waking up Christmas Day and we have no present at all because we prioritise generosity. I do not crave the things in this world more than I crave God to use us for His glory. And He blesses us so much. We are not living in poverty, but we choose to be generous with everything He's blessed us with. I would rather be generous and help someone else than buy yet another what, T-shirt or pair of boards. I don't need those things as much as we prioritise helping other people right now. Let's be known for actively killing selfishness. It will creep into every one of our hearts, I promise you. Selfishness is trying to creep in. And what we have to do is constantly kill it through generosity. The second thing we look at in verse 27, turn from evil and do good. Let's be known for doing what is right, Christians. Let's be known for doing what is right. It breaks my heart when we hear of churches and pastors and popular people as even... I had my brother and sister over the other day, John and Liam, we were just talking about people in the last hundred years, these incredible men of God and how far they fall, often at the latter times and pride gets to their head and, and this, this moral compass gets so corrupted and they end up just ripping people off of finances and multiple spouses. It just gets really messy a lot of the times when we just get so caught up in pride or things going on in our world that we neglect the most important thing. Christian, let's be known for doing the right thing. When no one's looking, when no one's watching, how is your character? Character trumps competency every day of the week. I'm not looking for people who are really great worship leaders and preachers and any of these rosters. We're not, we're not after that. We're after people in love with God. We're after people who have this character that want to shine God to the world. In Matthew chapter 5, one of the main things, the first things Jesus called his followers to be is salt and light. The thing I love about that is he doesn't say, go and be a trumpet, go and be a symbol, go and be a siren to the world. Those things can be heard. He uses something that can't be heard. Hey, go and be salt and go and be light. Those things are silent, but what they do is they preserve what is right. Salt preserves things and light shines light. It lights up the right path. 
Let's be known as that. Let's be known as Christians who preserve the truth, who preserve the way of God and make known, they shine the pathway of God. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 to 12 says, Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. Christians, let's be known for doing what is right. The third thing, the godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. So this is, this is about living on mission, right? This is about hands fixed to his, his mission. Hands fixed to his mission. I wanted to simplify it for every single one of us. I'm not talking about handing out tracts, preaching the gospel in surface paradise, doing crusades like, like Reinhard Bonnke and Billy Graham. Those things are great, but here's the thing. For everyday Christian, for you and me, for the mom and the dad, for the employer, the employee, for the person who's just joined Christianity and just surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, these are the three things I want us to focus on. Once again, let's focus on these things. Let's be known as being a generous person who kills selfishness. Let's be known for trying to do what is right, endeavouring to live God's ways. And the last thing, let's be known for discipling those younger in the faith. Sometimes we can make this bigger than it needs to be, more complicated than it needs to be. But God is like, hey, just help people that are younger than you. You might be watching going, I can't disciple someone. I have nothing to offer. Well, maybe, but maybe you've been married 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years, some people watching. Maybe you could catch up with someone about to get married or a newly married person and just have coffee with them. Talk about marriage, talk about the difficult moments, destroy any false image that it's really easy and just going to be really awesome forever. Help people get through and, and form a stronger, deeper, better marriage. Maybe you've been running a business for the last 10, 20, 30 years and you see a young person with an entrepreneurial spirit, they're thinking about starting a business. What if you catch up with them? Help them to think about finances. Help them to think about the pressures that are going to come their way. What about especially someone who's just become a Christian? I, I have nothing to offer them. I've got, I've got, I'm not a pastor. I don't know how to preach the Word. Yeah, but you can love someone well. You can, you can point them to the parts of the Bible. Oh, man, start in John. I always said it, start in John. Why? Because John's sole purpose is to show us how Jesus is God. And if you want to catch one thing from the Bible, please catch that Jesus is God. It's the most important thing. And you can just ask questions there. What are you getting out of it? What's confusing you? What, what are you not understanding? Let's be people who disciple people in this way. I put it simply, teach, train, encourage, challenge, and show. Let's be people who invest in other people, amen? Don't, don't sit there watching this going, I don't have time to run a sozo group. I don't have time to do those things. Okay, fine, but you've got time to catch up with someone. You have time to have one coffee once a month with one person and just help them. Just encourage them. If you don't know what to do, just say, man, you're doing awesome. None of us are perfect. You're doing fantastic. We can do that. Let's invest in other people. So let's be generous people Focus on doing what is right and focus on discipling those younger than us. And watch this. We'll finish with this. I'm not going to spend too much time here, but look at the things God promises He will do when we live according to His ways. Four things. Verse 28 says, He will never abandon the godly. Are you grateful? Are you so grateful that God has promised to never abandon those people that are holding on to Him, those people who put Him first? He's like, I'm not abandoning you. Hebrews chapter 13 says, He will never leave us nor forsake us. God is with you. He's holding on to you. And, and, and that is so much more important to know than you are holding on to Him. 
He is holding on to you. John chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus promises as the good shepherd, they are mine and no one can snatch them from my hand. He is holding on to you, Christian. He will never abandon the godly. Verse 28 as well. He will keep them safe forever. Once again, He is holding on to you. No harm is gonna come your way. He has got you right now. Even if trials come your way, nothing shall overcome you. God has got you. Verse 33, the Lord will not let the wicked succeed. Not only is He holding on to you, He's fighting for you. He is currently active. He's not retired in heaven sitting on the throne. He's actively here fighting for you. God is coming through for the people who put Him first. God is coming through for the people who seek His kingdom above all else. And finally, He says, He will honour you by giving you the land. He has an inheritance for you, Christian. He has an inheritance for you. He has promises for you. There is a place of joy. There is a place of rest. There is an eternity waiting with Him forever where we are set free from the presence of sin and the pain of this world and the torment of Satan. We are set free forever. We get all those things. But catch me clearly. I feel that this is a promise to those whose hands are fixed to His mission. I feel that this is a promise to Christians who kill selfishness, who don't see their Christianity as just an add-on or they're trying to be morally better, but they are committed to take God's love and God's grace to the world. And they do that through being generous. They do that through living a right lifestyle. They do that through discipling young people. And God comes through in mighty ways. Amen? Eyes fixed to Him. Hands fixed to Him. Heart fixed to Him. And now hands fixed to His mission. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to finish our service in a moment. And what we'd love to know is if you are watching and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, please, please reach out to us in some way, shape or form. C3 Church, Corumban. Our welcome team would love to connect with you. We'd love to send you a Bible. We'd love to do whatever we can to help you discover more and more that Jesus Christ loves you, that He has a purpose for your life. We want to help you discover that you are so loved right now. So please reach out to us in some way, shape or form. Apart from that, C3 Corumban members, we're going to finish in a moment, but please love you so much. And this week, let's live like Christians again and again. Amen. Let's, let's demonstrate God's goodness to the world around us. We can't wait to see you here next Sunday. Actually have people in the auditorium. We can do this service live and praise and worship is going to be incredible next week. I'll pray with you. And then we'll finish our stream for the day. Lord, we love you. God, you're so good to us. You're so kind and faithful. We thank you so much, God, that we have our hands fixed to the mission. We understand that eternity is coming, a long eternity forever with you in your presence, surrounded by your people. So while there is work to do here, Lord, help us get to work. Help us not be so caught up in the, the topics that are happening right now and the division happening right now and the noise and the chaos happening right now. I pray that those, the distracting powers fall to the ground, that we all Christians would be re-centered in unity around the faith in Jesus Christ. We would dig into the Word of God to discover rich truths to feed and nourish our souls. God, I pray this week, this week that you would speak to us and lead us and guide us in mighty ways for your glory and your fame. In Jesus' incredible name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Have the most amazing week. 
God bless.